0: Welcome back to Geeks and Grounds. This is the monthly Game Club podcast where we play games and brew good conversation together. My name is Jenny Windham.
1: And I'm Joel Thomas.
0: And it's time. (laughs) It's time for to spin the wheel once again.
1: (laughs) Come on down. We're wheeling and dealing right now. Oh my gosh.
0: What a what a spinoff that would be. Instead of the Wheel of Fortune, we have the Cosmic <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. Uh, someone hit up Devolver and Deconstruct Team.
1: <laughs> it's time. Give the people what they want. It's wheel time, baby.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. The indie game and game show fusion that you didn't know you wanted, but now you need.
1: <laughs> We're actually just going to like get the big wheel from The Price is Right. We're going to glue a bunch of tarot cards to it and spin yeah. it and that is the game now yes we, we are the game
0: <laughs> that's actually how you're supposed to do tarot that's how you read the future
1: <laughs> the, it makes sense i've been doing it wrong all these yeah, years this
0: is why things haven't come true this is why we haven't won the million dollars yet you know it's just because we haven't had the actual wheel of fortune you
1: know? naturally naturally <laughs>
0: So, for folks who are new to Geeks and Grounds, welcome. It's good to have you. Uh, and if you're returning, it's so good to see you again here in our digital cafe. Um, I have water today. I do not water. have I do I do. It's just I was like, I realized I'm like I have been treating myself to coffee and bubble tea uh a lot this week, and I have not had enough water. So I had this like I <laughs> I felt very fancy because I'm like, it's a bottle of Evian. It's not. It's at this point refilled tap water. And I got this at the airport for an exorbitant price when I was traveling. And now <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. like, I I paid like seven or eight dollars for this water. So this bottle will be getting <laughs> a lot of use.
1: Absolutely incredible. If you could tell me that there was vodka inside and I would just believe you <laughs> at this point. It seems I like mean, uh, it's been a week. <laughs> Yeah, you've had a, you've had a pretty busy uh, pretty busy week, so that yeah. seems reasonable. I'm sipping a little uh, another homemade iced latte uh, this week. Couldn't quite make it out to the coffee shop and, and get something fancy before. Uh,
0: that's that's good though. Very. Economical. I did.
1: I did break the seal and hit grab a little pumpkin spice latte action Ooh. from our local cafe here. Very tasty. Well, one time of year treats, you know.
0: It is. You know, it's funny because I love pumpkin, but I actually don't like pumpkin in drinks. Like pumpkin spice lattes, for me, I always get them. Like every year, there's a moment where I'm like, maybe this year, maybe this year it'll be my drink, and then I'm always disappointed. <laughs> but I still very much embrace pumpkin spice in general and the feeling and tradition of pumpkin spice as a holiday, essentially a holiday theme.
1: It is a holiday in and of itself. <laughs>
0: yeah. Pumpkin spice day. There was a TikTok yes. that was actually really good where it was like this, this one, it, it was a white woman who is like when the basic enters me every fall and it's like she grabs her <laughs> pumpkin spice latte and it like gives her that brimmed hat that, you know, the Instagram influencers wear. Yeah. And the it, was, it was so good.
1: Like the t- the knee high boots kind of yep, thing, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe this. Like, I would love to see that with like Sephiroth music in the background. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> here we go. Someone, please do this for us.
1: Yes, yeah, so this is the fan edit that we crave. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh. So what have you? Was you What have you been up to this week?
0: Yeah. So as always. Oh, but first, uh, we didn't mention. As always, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter at geeksandgrounds.com, please do so. That's where all of this is really just like just curated, coalesced. I don't know. It's all in one place if you go to the newsletter. So if we're talking about stuff and you're like, wait, I don't really know. What are you referring to? What? The supplementary material? It's all there. That's that's going in uh, the newsletter. So please go subscribe. Um, and I'll, as always, if you could rate, review, likes, you know, do all the engagement things. That's super helpful to us. Um, so now we can head over to the pastry ah, case. To
1: the pastry case.
0: <laughs> um, but yes, what have you what have you been up to this week, Joel? Uh,
1: you know, I I did finish the One Piece uh, live action series on Netflix this mm-hmm. week. Incredible. I had such a good time watching this. Like one of my like favorite. I don't know if there have been other really good ones, but definitely my favorite like live action anime adaptation I have seen. Like just so joyful, cool action set pieces, engaging story, great flashbacks. I just I loved it.
0: Yeah. I also did. I was texting you. I texted you basically as soon as I finished it. Uh, and I was like, this finale, finale changed my life. Like, I was, I cry, I laughed. I cried multiple times on the finale episode because I was just like, friendship, <laughs> dreams. Uh, it was so good. I, I will say, after I finished, I was like, I'm a one piece stan. Here we go. It's time to start the anime. I started the anime not a fan i did the first episode i don't know and again it's become one of those things where i'm like if i have to watch 50 episodes to like it i'm not willing to put in that time but uh yeah i watched the anime and i was like nope definitely not a fan of the anime but i will be getting the manga i think i'm gonna be going to the bookstore tomorrow to pick up like maybe the first two editions that's a
1: good idea Mm
0: -hmm. so i
1: uh i'm wondering there's this thing called one pace have you heard of this <laughs> No. one is this, pace. is this the
0: one piece at home like <laughs> it's like
1: a person <laughs> we got one pace at home no um it is the uh someone has gone through and identified all of the filler moments in the entire like 1200 episode series and cut them out. Apparently it saves like huge percentages of time, depending on the arc that you're watching or whatever. So yeah, definitely maybe worth your time. I, my only other like kind of reflection is like, I thought people were way overly harsh on the cowboy bebop adaptation. I thought it was fine. Like it wasn't amazing, but it's fine. Yeah. And, And it's just like, I, I am now seeing like, this is what one cowboy bebop could have been if it was executed just a little bit differently and it's like oh now i like i do feel myself missing that a bit more
0: yeah i think it's kind of this double-edged sword because now that because i think one piece live action is the first good live action that we've ever had like sort of in in the scope and scale that we you know that they did it and Mm -hmm. um I think now that it's set the bar. So, anyone else who's going to be doing an anime adaptation is going to have to match what they did with One Piece in terms of quality. Um, I'm so, oh, this is, I, 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 I'm so ready for the SAG After Strike to end with them winning because I am just like really sad that we aren't going to get the second season until that's over. I will say, like, that was one element where I was like, yeah. <sighs> can we get the executives to just give up some money, please just so no we can kidding. have these really cool shows. Cause it's like, we finally got this amazing adaptation and I would love to just be excited for what's to come. But then you just see the executives not even coming to the table for the SAG after strike. And I'm just like, Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally true. 100% mm-hmm. agree. Um, I did see that they announced that uh, one piece has been approved for a second season And they announced Yu Yu Hakusho as the next live action project, which could be badass.
0: I would be so happy with a Yu Yu Hakusho anime if they could do it well. Like, again, it's like until we get a couple under the belt that are good, I will always (laughs) be very tentative about being excited. Like I saw the One Piece news and admittedly, I wasn't a One Piece fan anyways, but I was like, okay. it's a live action anime we have not had a single good one like i'm still reeling from ghost in the shell (laughs) so like um i won't think about it and i'm really glad i didn't and yeah i'm just i can't wait for more the guy who played (laughs) luffy in the series i think he is one of he i can't stop thinking about his facial expressions he has the best facial expressions and he he is an anime character (laughs)
1: Yes, he embodied it and bodied Mm -hmm. it for sure.
0: (laughs) Oh, I also figured out because folks who um, know me know that I am not a Marvel fan. And I think we had maybe talked about how like,
1: yeah,
0: One Piece has a lot of the same elements as marvel movies and it's like what what about one piece has attracted me to it made me fall absolutely in love with it whereas i watch i try so hard to watch marvel and it's just like never captured my heart Mm. i realized um because sam so aptly pointed it out he was like marvel characters don't seem like they really like like each other a lot of the time like it seems like they're always just a little <laughs> bit standoffish even if they're friends they're like there isn't this like level of kindness and camaraderie that we see in the mm. one piece crew And you know, i'm sure i'm sure any marvel fans are like what no these two are best friends and i'm sure yeah sure you can tell me that but like the actors did not convey that to me in the movie and in one piece i'm like they all love each other and it makes me so happy um Yeah. So that was one among many elements that if anyone wants to hear about it, just let me know um, about why I think Marvel still like has not captured me. And I was so curious why, but One Piece has, because it has Mm. the same like outlandishness and like quips and like, you know, I, I just thought it was really interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's worth digging into, Um, Mm -hmm. but not all of our news this week has been good.
0: (laughs) No, speaking of evil corporations and greedy Mm -hmm. investors,
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: the other just news that we wanted to shout out in the pastry case uh, came from the game industry. Now... Normally, Your uh, case—we didn't say this, and we probably should. (laughs) Your case is normally a place for us to just talk about what we've been consuming outside of the the game of the month. So, you know, we're talking about One Piece. That's why, if you're here and you're like, "I thought this was about Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood," it is. (laughs) But yes, still is. Promise. Yeah, just to just to like make sure we're not ignoring all of the other things that we consume that inform maybe what we're thinking about when we play Cosmic Wheel. Um. Oh, what a doozy. So, for folks in the game industry or folks who play games, you may be familiar with the fact that games are made in what's called an engine, and game developers have a variety of engines to pick from, and each engine has like different pros and cons and like way like ways that you can move through building a game. A very very popular engine is Unity. Back in the day, it was actually quite the love for being highly accessible. They had a free version for hobbyists and students and you could very quickly and easily get in, learn how to make a game. And it's, it's been an industry staple ever since mm-hmm. I can remember, really. They announced a update to essentially their terms of service. Uh, and actually, let me bring it up because I feel like it would be it would be a disservice for me not to maybe summarize it a little bit with uh, with some actual text from the team um, and numbers. But this change in terms of service came very abruptly and essentially is absolutely horrible for developers. So in a blog post, um, and this is from a GameSpot article titled, uh, Game Developers Are Frustrated With Unity's New Predatory Business Model. I'll link it. It's, again, in the newsletter. Um, I-, I will just read it. The company laid out a new monetization plan that now is inclu- now includes a runtime fee. This fee, Unity explained, is based on the number of times a game built with Unity is installed. Games developed using the lower cost plan will face charges once they hit the 200,000 in revenue a year and 200,000 lifetime installations, while Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise accounts have a threshold of 1 million in revenue and 1 million lifetime installations. There's a lot of details, but it's really convoluted because it's based on what tier of subscription you're on, Um, and it's slated to start January 1st, 2024. And the price that you have to pay per installation is minimum uh, a penny to $0.15 per installation, but those on lower tier plans could pay up to $0.20 per installation, which if you think about you have a game that you download. Game developers, for those who don't know, um, already have to pay to platforms a fee to just have their game on there. So as part of the sale is already taken away. If they have a publisher, another slice of the pie is taken away to the publisher. Um, and now if we are doing another slice of the pie taken away per game to Unity, uh, this is just just kneecapping developers, it's mm-hmm. horrible. Um, so I wanted to highlight this because this is something that's affecting the entire industry and as a game club, um, we should know about what's going on and you should j- be frustrated for developers. And if you have any ability to shout from the rooftops that Unity should change this policy, back it up and like roll it back, please do. Um, mm-hmm. Cause this is, this is very, very bad.
1: Yeah, I, I also noticed, uh, you know, last month as we were, uh, we interviewed Emily from Sondering Studios to talk about uh, Taste of the Past. And she had this whole post about how, like, Unity is pretty uh, crucial for their work. And mm-hmm. this is, like, going to have a huge impact on them. So, um, especially as like a, a podcast that tends to do a lot of games that are more indie focused. Yeah. Um, man, this is such a blow to creators and kind of a slap in the face to the, the work that, that they've been doing. And yeah, we, we get out there, tweet about it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if X about it. What do you, I don't know what you do on Twitter. We anymore. will say I'm,
0: tweet because there. I refuse to call it X at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small, yes. small can, stance that I will take.
1: <laughs> Z about it or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, not great news, but, you know, following you, I will say last last year this time was when Dungeons and Dragons Wizards of the Coast uh, came out with their like change to their user licensing and the community stepped up and made a huge deal about this major uh, like podcasts and actual game shows were like we're just going to change we're going to go a new game system and it was the backlash was so bad that they completely rolled back the announcement so Communities have a lot of control here. We want to be pushing uh, and using our voice. So Mm -hmm. do.
0: And I think that's actually a very perfect segue into talking about this month's brew, Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, because chapter four was what we focused on um, this past week. And it was a doozy. And Mm -hmm. it's something that we, um, I think it ties in. This power of people to create change. Um, And yeah, I think if you're ready to move into talking about chapter four, I say, let's do it.
1: Let's do it.
0: Cool. So in chapter four, um, what we did was we always have a reflection question that we'd like people to focus in on. um, And we asked you all to focus on the question this past week How do you know when to build bridges or when they need to be burned. And so it's one of those big questions I know I ask myself on a pretty regular basis, um, whether it's dealing with companies like Unity or whether you're doing an interpersonal or you have an interpersonal conflict and you're trying to decide whether or not to salvage and try and build that bridge or kind of leave it, leave things as it stands. the game doesn't begin there, though, in this chapter. We at least begin with a flashback uh, with Patrice. And Patrice is an interesting character because it took me forever to figure out what relationship she had to Fortuna. I don't, did you feel this? Did you have the struggle?
1: It took me a moment. And like with the flashback, I think like one of the little kids was like, fortuna minor or something like it was like a
0: fortuna i think maria fortuna
1: (laughs) there's like a another a new little character a little girl Mm -hmm. that looked like oh this could be fortuna i was like okay so is this is this fortuna's flashback and her this is like her real name is this other thing or what's going on here so yeah there's a little confusion for me as well
0: <laughs> yeah, I and so I because I vaguely remembered Patrice from the van, but I was like, so is this Patrice is older, but then we have a Fortuna here. I also I was also just very confused and we later find out that Patrice is uh, our Fortuna's uh, actual sister, like mm-hmm. blood relatives, yep. and Patrice also is a sister in the coven. So we're like, wait, <laughs> you're a witch. That threw me for a loop because I was like, what are the odds that two sisters in the same family become a witch? Like, that seems very fortuitous. I don't know if I It raised obsessed. a lot of questions. <laughs> it was like, wait,
1: was there like a family component to this that hasn't been discussed at all mm-hmm. um, versus like every witch that we've encountered to this point has been very different, sometimes from different planets or whatever. Right. So, yeah, it, it was kind of like, wait, are we adding this new like blood element to this? Like- who mm-hmm. you're related to matters. um, yeah, so that, yeah, it was definitely caught me by surprise, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> um, what I thought was really interesting also is, um, there is a moment because you're talking to Patrice. It seems like the relationship is like a little contentious. like there is a little bit of tension there. um, and we we find out why later on in the chapter, where Patrice sort of blames. Um, Or at least says, I don't know about blames, but says, like, hey, Fortuna, you're the one who made me a witch. Um, And that was huge because we have Mm. already been sort of mulling over the nature of Fortuna's powers. Um, And so knowing that also Patrice has this, like, knowledge of it was, like, a big realization for me.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, the point at this point in the story, when she brings it up, it's kind of like this kind of tongue in cheek thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Where like she says this and Fortuna's is like, I just predict the future. Like I didn't turn you into a witch. You just happened to become mm-hmm. one. Um, and so like that's kind of a, a central point to like hang on to is like. From their perspective, this sounds like it's just an old argument or an old like joke that these two yeah. have had running for a while.
0: Well, I um, think there's – because there's a moment right after that where she's like – they talk about because Patrice also has the bone cancer. And I think that may be the same instance where she's like, but also your bone cancer. Um, and I think that is a moment where they're like, there is more to her powers mm-hmm.
1: than yeah, initially. Yeah, I definitely think they're planting seeds here. Yeah. Um, the conflict for me seemed to be around the uh the access to or the the actual presence of of Fortuna after she became a witch after she ascended like she never went back and visited her her sister when her sister was still immortal like didn't check in on the mm-hmm. grandkids um and then the opening moment between these two sisters in in this like prison situation that Fortuna is in is her sister like what the fuck you've been able to see people for all this time. And like, mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't send me a message or anything. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was like a really funny, like this, it felt like true siblings to me. In yeah. They definitely
0: feel like real siblings. <laughs> yeah. And so with Patrice's discussion and um, realization of the powers, they also talk a little bit about why, why, um, just kind of what Fortune has been up to, and you get the choice whether or not to show Patrice Abramar or not. And I'm curious mm-hmm. what you chose.
1: Uh, I did it. I, mm-hmm. I, I think almost every time I was given the opportunity to show Abramar, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was around this chapter or the chapter before that I kind of committed to Abramar that, like, I'm going to try and make. Behemoths more of a like an accepted part of witch culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of was like living into that as much as I could.
0: Yeah, that's what I chose on my first playthrough. I admittedly, I haven't finished chapter four on my second playthrough yet. So I haven't gotten to that point where I get to pick. Um, this time around, my second playthrough, I will be hiding Abramar to see what happens differently. Um, but the first time around, I also was like, no, let's move forward with Behemoth and witch relations. And in that vein and also knowing that Fortuna's powers are not predictive, but like manifestive, I guess. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I was like, I already said that which relations and behemoth relations are going to be good. So I can show Abraham to everyone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense to me. And like, I, I also got the sense from Patricia Patrice, Patrice early on that, uh, she is not, A big fan of the establishment and I was like yes I'm burning the world to the ground I I need an ally come on sis let's do it Mm -hmm. so I don't know it just seemed like I got that vibe like this is a person I can bring in and she'll have my back
0: well and what's interesting is with that upcoming election um, Patrice is the one that also asks you like are you going to run (laughs) when are you putting your hat into the ring for this Um, and I'm curious are you doing that in your playthrough
1: this is the thing that i wanted to talk about last week it was the one point where i felt really kind of put into a corner i did not want to run i Mm -hmm. wanted to support dahlia and every every decision that i made to answer these questions was like no like i'm supporting her i want her to run i Mm -hmm. like her platform yada yada and then at the very end after going through all those lines of dialogue Patrice makes some comment, and I, I probably screen capped it and I can find it later, but um, she makes some comment that made me pause, and I was like, oh no, like I have to run just based on this. It was something oh. like, But you've lived this particular experience, and you're the one who like has the ability to speak to it. Something like that. I can't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but it was kind of a bummer because I want I loved Alia's platform. I didn't care that it was like idealistic from some people's perspective. Like I want to break, break things apart. And so I thought this was the way to do it. And I felt like they kind of put me in a corner and made me, made me run.
0: Dang. So you ended up running after all of this hype for Dolly.
1: (laughs) I did. Yes, I did. Uh, And so I am curious, like if it will actually let you play through and not run like, is it, there a, a? It
0: does because it does. My first playthrough, I did not run. I was like, what? No, yeah." I said, "I said I am not willing." Like, I, I oh. have because here's the thing. I felt, and I don't know because I actually have not run, so I don't know if this is the case. But at the, during my first playthrough, I was like, "If I say I want to run, what's to stop me from just?" like drawing the cards and manipulating my telling of the future, my interpretation to just like push it in my favor and winning anyways. And so this idea of having this power of not just telling the future, but like making it happen in a lot of ways, I was like, that would be so wrong of me to run. (laughs) I felt like it was just such a conflict of, of interest. So I ended up backing Dahlia and saying like, I will absolutely support. I will be there every step of the way, but I I can't do it. And Patrice is very disappointed. And like even a little bit later on in in the game as you're actually going through the election process, there are a couple times where Patrice drops lines like, if you you ran or like if you were the one doing this. like Patrice doesn't really let it go, but Patrice will go along with you and you end up both supporting Dahlia.
1: That's so interesting. I – Okay, so first of all, you've said it, so I think we should like be really explicit about this—that like you are not just telling the future as Fortuna. Yes, the cards you draw. No, they say draw, that.
0: They say that. I think in, chapter, in chapter four. Yeah.
1: Okay, I can't remember if it's this one or the next one, but like explicitly, when you not only when you draw the card, but when you interpret the card, mm-hmm. you are determining like what the future is in this scenario. And so it really changed how I look back and saw like some of my other things. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I made a choice that essentially made an entire group of people like drug addicts for uh, Blondie, which whose name is escaping me right now. um, Jasmine. (laughs) Jasmine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, I made this choice. And now this entire community are drug addicts because of me. Like, it didn't have to be. I chose I chose that dialogue option. It's like, oh, that's an interesting thing. I wonder, if, I guess that's true. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like, really, like, the the weight and responsibility because of that one decision that I made really mm-hmm. reframed how I approached fortune telling for the whole rest of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Because I had this... There was this like inkling that I had, especially at the very beginning of the game where I'm like, it'd be wild if like all of this came true. Um, And as we played um, and yeah, I think because once you realize that you have this power, it becomes much more like everything you say and do, you become so much more aware of the further implications of it. And I think, again, we're going to come back to this on the last week and we talked about this in the first week, but that balance and tension between fault and responsibility and the fact that like Fortuna has this power. Um, and we I mentioned in sort of my own thoughts on responsibility, I'm like, you can't, I find it hard to be able to have responsibility without the power to enact the change that goes mm-hmm. with it. And mm-hmm. Fortuna has the power. <laughs> so it's like at this point maybe, cause some people could disagree with me and say it's Fortuna's responsibility to run. Because Fortuna has that power to make this change happen for sure. Um, But I felt like it wouldn't be a good use of the power. But it was a responsibility to perhaps back a person who could make it happen. So it's just this is where it gets so meaty and juicy and good. Like this chapter four for me was the biggest turning point in the game.
1: I cannot believe you didn't run. We have not talked about this prior to this yeah. moment. So like this is shocking because like the whole rest of this game, like I, I cannot wait to see what the rest of your game was like compared to mine. <laughs> um, I remember now like the thing, the reason that I made the choice to start running is Patrice kind of makes you go line by line and be like, do you agree with all the stuff that these people mm-hmm. are running for? And the thing that I did not agree with from Dahlia's platform was that you're going to like uh, essentially abandon earth or abandon mortals or something like yes. that. Yes. Yep. And the reason that that bothered me is because I had just met with that other witch, like her friend that wanted to have a relationship with a mortal, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, you got this. It's going on. You should do this. It's a good thing." And so the idea that you're we were taking away that agency of like these people that want to have a relationship together and can't. I was like, "I'm not really down with that." Oh, and man. when I got to that decision point, I was like, Uh, it's the like it's I know it's just one thing out of this entire list but it's a sticking point for me
0: no I well and that's the thing I two points one I need to look back on what that whole the side quest relationship with that witch was because I I don't know if I'm remembering correctly but I think I was like yo, no, like break up with that person. Like, I don't think they're good for you. I think there was a there was a relationship in there that I was like, no, I don't think this is a healthy relationship. And I wonder if that was the same one. I'll oh. look it up and like do that. We'll talk about that next week. Um, yeah,
1: because so, she was the one who like had been asked by Adina to essentially like start war on on Earth so that they could harvest magical energy from them. And so it's like- do you back? Do you, like first, like her main thing was that, like her relationship with Adina. Yeah. And then it's like after you got to a certain point, you had the option to like help her with her personal life. And that was yes. where I got the conversation there.
0: Yeah. I remember getting that. And I, I, I do remember – telling her to stop the relationship, but I can't quite remember the reasoning behind it. So I need to look up, but now I'm like, we need to go into the relationship deets next time because (laughs) I, I, cause it's curious to me that you were like, nah, go for it. Like get it. And then I was like, "Uh uh-uh, break it off.
1: (laughs) That's so interesting. And there, yeah, there were like, there were some interesting layers to that whole element. Like that was one of those things that showed me how beautifully written the story was is Mm -hmm. like. It, it's not just black and white like this is good this is bad it's like no there are shades of gray here and mm-hmm. like people are going to just make decisions that have consequences and right. maybe those consequences would be good maybe they're bad maybe they're in between but um it felt like the thing that get like choose your own adventure stories never do well is the like Oh, I chose to put my finger in the monster jam and now I'm a right. giant in like goosebumps <laughs> format right. or whatever. But like this I don't know, the nuance, I just really appreciated it.
0: It's it's amazing. Um and I feel like playing it the second time, it still felt incredibly impactful and like even when i'm up, like crossing out the decisions that i made the first time through there's still at least two other choices all of the time and i'm still conflicted between the choices that i'm giving myself um so we'll we'll definitely we'll have to do like a deeper dive into some of these side questy like stories because yeah, there there are yeah. a lot of really good ones um but you're right, where we do go through, Patrice kind of takes us through all of the candidates, which we have a like a sleeper hit that comes through. Um, mm-hmm. Not sleeper hit. What is it? Underdog, I guess, or like shadow verse dog. I, like an, I don't know. An establishment da- dark horse. candidate. Yeah, an establishment okay. candidate um, where we have Jasmine, who we know is very much of like maintaining the status quo, but pushing things in a little bit more of a like – open sort of like more modern phase but a lot of it really still benefits the older witches a lot of it still benefits the most powerful witches um we end up and we know dahlia is like break break the wheel you know like change everything um the one who i was like uh who was this witch named capressa who's this like elder witch who looks like this amazing like tree almost like this tree witch and Capressa is very much keep things exactly how they are. So like much more than Jasmine, like we've already pegged Jasmine as this kind of like, oh, Jasmine's the status quo. Capressa like is the status quo. Jasmine's like status quo light.
1: (laughs) Jasmine is like your classic, like, neoliberal in America. Yes. yes. And Capressa is, like, your, I don't know, right-wing, like, conservative or something like that. Even so interesting, her character design was so cool. Like, yeah. the tree witch imagery of her, I thought, was just rad. And mm-hmm. then the second you start learning about her, it's, like, from the first sentence, you're just like, ah, uh, nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's really... What's really... I, I almost wouldn't compare her totally to right wing U.S. only because I feel like even though I totally disagree with her methods, I do feel like Capressa wants what's best for the coven in a way that does not equate maybe to like the right wingers of the U.S., <laughs> Um, All right. You're, you're,
1: you're more generous than I am, but I'll give you that.
0: I, yeah. I think, I mean, definitely, <laughs> I put a screenshot in her show notes and it's of Dahlia saying, fuck Capressa. And I'm like, yes, I do agree with that. But I think Capressa, indeed. <laughs> I think Capressa isn't like as malicious. I think Capressa just does not understand that the world needs to change at this point. Um. But yeah, Capressa, I was like 100% Capressa is not going to win if I have anything to do with this.
1: Yes. And I think there's like actually one more since you brought her up, there's like one more element. So like in the mm-hmm. game, you're picking your platform, you're reviewing right. other people's platforms, and then they enter a, a like a new question mm-hmm. in this chapter, which is um, Adina is dead. She dies in this in the, at the beginning or at this chapter at the end of the last one. And there's a question about what to do with her body. Mm -hmm. And so like it becomes an additional sticking point that played a big role in my in my campaign, which I'll Mm -hmm.
0: get into next
1: week. But um, I think the general options are like you can let her corpse stay on as like a general advisor. She's like the old one of the oldest witches. So like
0: the most messed up. (laughs) Yes. It's so messed up.
1: Yes, uh, there's one where the, uh, they want to like give her magic just to the leaders of the coven and like mm-hmm. those leaders would get super powerful. I think Jasmine. that was Jasmine. Yep. Dahlia was like, no, we break her power and we share it across the multiverse so that we get more great young witches in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get if you run, you kind of get your own uh, option uh, but it's what option. It also can just, wait, what
0: was the option that you picked for that? Uh,
1: I'll, I'll look it up. If you and I keep talking about it, I'll find my. Uh,
0: yeah, well, I will talk. I'll go back as you as you're looking for that. There is one element that I think is different if you choose not to run. Um, and that is that I did get the opportunity to talk to Dahlia and say, what is one thing I would change about your platform? what yeah so what i did was i said i would like to change your mortal affairs platform from (laughs) i forget what it was it was i think it was like a cut all ties uh situation Mm -hmm. and i said i want to be able to reveal witches to humans and have the knowledge of witches be like apparent and open and like have humans know about magic. Um, and Dahlia was like, all right, but you can only change this one thing. We're not changing anything else. So I'm like really happy I picked that first because I had one other thing I wanted to change, I think. Um, so yes, you have the opportunity to change one platform element if you choose to back one of your friends.
1: I am just so frustrated right now. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about your experience in the next couple of chapters because I can't imagine what you did for the next couple of chapters compared to what I had to do just based on me running. Like everything that I did yeah. in the last couple of chapters is just all like, hey, you're running. So you have to do all this stuff now. Um,
0: wow.
1: So yeah, I'm super interested to see what your end game experience is like. Yeah. Uh, We'll I'll have to look this up and throw it into the show notes. I didn't take a screen cap of what my specific platform was, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was like, I, I chose like some, I either chose a new option or I chose to do the same thing Dahlia chose to do, which mm-hmm. is to share to the power across everyone. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm pretty sure that's what I chose to do. But there, basically, when you build your own platform, you get to use an existing platform that one of the others have, or you can like try to think of something new. And so for oh. most of my platform, I did the try to think of something new uh, because it was like, well, I might as well see what they have to offer. And in most cases, it was kind of like one step more preferable to me than Dahlia's platform.
0: Oh, interesting. Dang, I'm so excited to talk about the end of yeah. this game. This is going to yeah. be
1: fascinating.
0: oh, man. Um, <laughs> So after you you have this you know this is a this is a dense ch- this is a short chapter but it is a dense chapter um, because mm-hmm. you're, you spend as a player majority of time going through all of the platforms thinking through all of it um, at the end you do get to build a political poster um i assume you did one for yourself yep <laughs> and i did one yep. for dahlia um cool and then the the chapter ends in another flashback but it's not as far back as human times it looks like we are in space with fortuna a younger fortuna um in what seems to be some sort of arbiter's office or an arbiter is with her at this point so we don't know exactly Mm -hmm. what what location this is um but it seems pretty closely or maybe immediately after fortuna has ascended so we get the teaser of this flashback starting in the next chapter
1: Yes, I, yeah. God, there's so much to talk about this game. I'm pumped. Yeah. I will say kind of tying this back to our central question this week around burning bridges and building Mm -hmm. them. I did not even read Jasmine's platform when she came (laughs) to talk to me about running for office. I just immediately said no.
0: (laughs) Same. I, it's kind of interesting how, I think in theory, I'm very much, Well, no. I actually, I I tend towards whenever I can building bridges, but I have noticed more and more in the last few years, I have become a bridge burner rather than a builder. Um, I think that in the last five years, I don't know, there have been certain worldwide and national events that have made me feel less and less inclined to build and more inclined just to like, again, take on more of that Dahlia's perspective, um, Fortuna's perspective of just like Burn, start fresh. Um, so yeah, I think it was kind of an interesting reflection question because initially I was like, build bridges. And I was like, oh, wait, ooh. well, and the more I thought
1: about it, I was like,
0: maybe I am more of a bridge burner at this point.
1: I, you know, the, I'm really eager to see how the community really continues to engage with this question over the next week. Mm-hmm. I
0: um, I think this I was l- my- the last week's question.
1: I, bet, I meant yeah, yep. Yes, it's it's yes. you guys are listening as to we're this recording in the it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious to hear how you all continue to talk about it, <clears throat> leading up to the release of this episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I think where I have found myself is that professionally, you have to you have to go pretty far to get me to burn a bridge with you professionally because I feel like at work it's like. I'm just here to do my job. I'm collecting a paycheck and I am moving on. Um, And so I'll, you know, you got to work with assholes sometimes, but in my personal life, I don't really have patience anymore. I just kind of am am past that point. And it's Mm. like, if I get the sense that the person is making, like interested in good faith conversations and is willing to dig in, cool. When I am dealing with like, parents texting about fascist organizations and like well this one's not really that bad is it and it's like yes it is it's fascist it's book banning it's Mm -hmm. anti-LGBTQ people like come on so I don't know I am just finding myself like without the patience to do much bridge building right now and maybe that'll come back around but it doesn't seem like it Mm -hmm. will be soon
0: Mm. oh Dang. And just to close out, um, we had thank you to everyone who submitted questions and comments. We did have a few we'd like to highlight. Um, The first is a comment, I guess, from Pixelated Soul. Uh, Pixelated via Discord said, One thing I appreciate in this game is the choices don't seem black and white, which ties into exactly what Joel was saying, which is often not the case in games that give you choices. I find myself choosing something and having no idea of what sort of repercussions will ensue. Earlier in the game, I read to Taya, the Arbiter, that she, quote, will play a huge role in the arrest of an important figure in the witch community, and that she is also going to kill a witch. Yo, also, what? I didn't even get that option. <laughs> what? In chapter I don't four. Yeah, it turns out Thea was attempting to arrest Greeth for summoning and merging her soul with a behemoth. Grief di- decided she would rather die than be arrested, so she is dead in my game. All decisions made when I didn't even know she existed, which is wild because Greeth ended up being super critical at the end of my game.
1: Like, at the end of your game? At the end
0: of my game, Greeth was a major player.
1: I romanced Grief, and she was with me throughout like the whole second half of the game. She lived oh. in my house. What? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I just assumed everybody got that. No.
0: No. Oh my gosh. No romance. We had flirtations, but no romance and Grief, Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. So thank you for that comment. <laughs> pixelated wow. Incredible. Like, it changed, like pfft, blew my mind um one question from minerva comfort via the newsletter was both adana and uenia note that fortuna seems like a quote adult witch now and this presumably has something to do with summoning abramar what is the game's perspective or what do you think is the game's perspective on the difference between a novice and adult witch thought it might be worth discussing or thinking about for the cast.
1: Ooh, honestly, this question maybe should be in the newsletter for next week. I yeah. would like like the whole community to talk about this. Like, wow, I have not thought about this. Do you have some initial thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I have some initial thoughts. I think what's really interesting to me is this uh, element of power that witches seem Mm -hmm. to gravitate towards. Um, They already delineate between older witches and younger witches in terms of also the powers. Um, Mm -hmm. Later on... I think we learn a little bit more about the elements of how witches delineate themselves, categorize themselves, and then like kind of grow within the rankings of the coven. And a lot of it seems attributed to their specialties and their power. Um, I think this idea of summoning a behemoth, I mean, it's, absolutely banned you know by the witch society by the coven and so it seems like such an element like a core display of power it's like one of those mature moments i think that a like a sign of maturity for a witch but i think maybe we should actually come back to this next week because i think there are some story elements that um we'll talk about next week that tie in with this question quite a bit but i really wanted to highlight it now so that folks can think about it as they play moving forward
1: yeah, I, I, my only kind of initial thinking is when she goes to use her own deck instead of like a deck that she purchased or acquired through some other means, it's like she built it with her own power. And so she's not leaning on other mm. systems, people, tools as a crutch. And mm-hmm. it's like most of these other witches, they seem relatively independent, um, like they're not holding on to a mortal tool in order to cast their magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know That's some interesting thoughts there. Very fun.
0: Yeah. And then this next question, I think, is another one that is something to consider throughout a playthrough, not necessarily just for this chapter, but I, it was so good I had to I had to include it. Um, Vallis via Discord asks, who are we, the player in this game? And this is one that actually goes through maybe a second playthrough. So know that maybe even in a first playthrough, this is not something that you would have the answer to. The game opens with Fortuna reciting, quote, stranger to my soul invade my body, stranger to my soul invade my mind, grant me an eye to see beyond my torment, take my pride, take my sorrow, take my chains, turn them into power, wisdom and revenge. Stranger to my soul invade my magic, stranger to my soul become my faith. Uh, This is followed with the eyes of Abramar opening, suggesting she's talking to him, but we control Fortuna. Is it possible that the spell is what allows us to see the story? Are we the invasion in her magic? And are we supposed to help her find revenge? Is this for Abramar or just a primer for the player about how they might approach this game? Which I thought was a wow. great consideration, uh, which I didn't even think about until I finished the game. So I'm amazed, Valis, that you brought this up like halfway through the playthrough. Like, so insightful. Hmm.
1: I hadn't thought about this at all. Um, I, I think that like you 100% justified within the text. Like, I think this is a totally valid reading. So mm-hmm. I've, I think there's a lot to be explored here. Excellent mm-hmm. point. Mm hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's the line about like, uh, give me an eye to see beyond my torment. And like all of the behemoths have like an additional eye or two. Mm Uh, so I was like, yeah, maybe there's that, but yeah, I think generally like this idea that like it's, it's a call to us. I really Mm -hmm. like that interpretation. That's very cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, and again, some of this came with at least some of the ending that I got, um, which we'll talk about in the next two weeks, but, um, As a player, that was one realization that started to hit me is um – like, Fortuna's reading the cards, but, like, we decide what the card says. And so in that way, like, are we fate? Like, are we representative of this cosmic power in Fortuna's life?
1: Are we the wheel?
0: Are we the wheel? Um, And are we, are we the wheel in all the games that we play? You know, it's like – because we, ha- we are the determining factor in what Fortuna reads. And so I think Ooh. this question is a really, really astute one um, and – I think we'll probably continue like the question that Minerva put in about novice and adult witches. We'll probably continue to revisit that, but we had to just read these out for you all uh, so you know just what's going on in the community because there's some good stuff being asked and answered.
1: Uh, love, love this. Uh, yes. uh, and next week we have another kind of guiding question that we're going to yes. be discussing. So
0: again, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you will have seen this. If not, um, I thought it'd be worthwhile to say it in the podcast just to like kind of illustrate some of the questions that people get in the newsletter. Um, but we're going to be talking about reflecting and pondering on how you can build a coalition that aims for the same goal even when individuals or groups within that coalition don't align on how to get there so thinking about differences of tactics um, and you know we have our examples here in the game of dahlia jasmine fortuna i guess capressa could be included in that <laughs> um well <Yeah. laughs> capressa considered our table i guess um but even in outside in the real world as we all kind of experience living in a country for example how do we have a country that can move towards similar goals when you have so many different ways of getting there and different strategies so definitely a big thing to ponder um so yeah sign up for the newsletter if you haven't um to get that question in your inbox and if you are in discord or getting the newsletter please respond in there in the forum or just hitting reply uh, because we'd love to hear what you have to say
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This has been a lot of fun chatting through Cosmic Wheel. Interested to keep talking through the rest of this game with you all. Uh, We got some big, big divergence experience coming (laughs) next week, it sounds like. Um, I thought of a poem as we were sitting here uh, as a way to to wrap us up today. All right, I'm ready. Put pumpkin spice on my latte. Call me a basic bitch. Put pumpkin (laughs) spice on my cards call me a basic witch
0: oh. oh my god I have to snap for that and, and, and I'm
1: apologize. requiring Jenny snap for it I put it in discord while we're trying. please snap for this <laughs> <laughs> bye <Uh-oh>.
0: bye everyone <laughs>